Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo. In this episode, we got someone that I've been looking up to for quite some time, um, an athlete that has transitioned very well in a number of different businesses, Andre Fulellen played for the Detroit Lions. That's why he made his, his name, played for a couple other teams. I'm going to let him get into that. But Andre, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited today, man. Nah, thank you. I mean, I remember meeting you, uh, I think it was around last year at the Super Bowl, but I had you know done my research about you. And obviously, as Clubhouse got more popular, we were in a couple of rooms together and um, you know on the same platform, a platform you started. Um, but for the folks that don't know you, um, what's your, you know, your story, your elevator pitch, your story, all that. Yeah, man. So if I got to pitch myself, uh, you put me on the spot now. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you don't have to pitch yourself anymore, though. I know. Man. I got you. <laughs> but I would say, you know, I was an eight-year NFL veteran, uh, so played most of my career with the Detroit Lions. Um, and I'd like to say, man, I had a, um, I call it an up-and-up career, but other people call it an up-and-down career. Like, so even though I played eight years, awesome, right? Average NFL career is like less than three years. Um, but I got cut 10 times over the course of my career. Okay. So 10 times. So, um, so anyway, so I look at that, man, I, and most people would say, man, how did you make it? You know, how did it feel getting cut 10 times? But when I look at it, I'm like, man, it prepared me for real life. All right. Yeah. And so, because going through those ups and downs in football, right, getting cut all those many times and getting signed back, but I got cut by the Lions six times and signed back by them. That's like, honestly, that's like you getting fired from the same job six times and they say, oh, we, we, we made a mistake. We're going to bring you back. <laughs> man, I remember I used to sit next to Calvin Johnson. All right. And so uh-huh. Calvin, he used to ask me, like, man, how, how long are you going to do this? I was like, what's yeah. mean? He was like, bro, you've been cut like so many times. Like, is there a point you just want to just give it up? I'm like, bro. You're Megatron. Like, you ain't got to worry about that. But me just being in the locker room, like, I am happy. I'm ecstatic. Every time they call me back, I'll come back like a dog wagging his tail, right? So, (laughs) So seriously, man. So I look at that. And so I use those ups and downs in sports to transition me into business because they're going to be the same exact things in business. All right. So after I got done playing, you know, I had my plan B in the books. I was a Hey, I got my Series 7 and Series 6 certification. I was going to be a stockbroker. You know, I was going to manage finances for some of my other athletes. You know, I got I got in business with a guy who told he was grooming me to take over his business. Yeah. Which a lot of technical tests told me that was a lie. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so you know, I had everything in place. And uh I, I'm telling you, it's like everything I thought I was doing right went absolutely wrong. I mean, absolutely. The guy who I was working for, he was getting arrested for doing some stuff that I had no, like, I had no parts of. I had to clear my name from all the crap that he was doing. Like, I mean, just everything at the same time, like, went absolutely downhill. And and so I really, just like getting cut, I kind of used that as fuel. I mean, did it hurt? Absolutely. Um, But at the same time, it got me into meeting, you know, uh, my co-founder Brian Werner, who I work with now would be on the game and if I didn't leave that industry I would have never been doing what I'm doing now and I love what I'm doing now so I guess that's my pitch of my whole entire football business story up until this point ups and downs man but the ups really just they're way higher than any down that I've taken no I love your outlook on it because a lot of times athletes like 
uh, I get traded, I got cut, I got injured. And they you know they look at it from a negative perspective, but you, you know, you take the positives of it and have used it to, you know, curtail your, your life and business experiences. Shout out to our partner Obsidian by Magma Capital Funds for making this podcast possible. They are a quantitative hedge fund built exclusively for current and former professional athletes. Obsidian works hard to change the investing game for athletes by utilizing machine learning and AI that adapts to the ever-changing financial market. They strive to perform well in all environments just like you. Thanks again, and shout out to our partner, Obsidian, by Magma Capital Funds. One thing I love about you is that you know you tell these stories that you've gone through in a unique way. Can you talk about you know, how you've done that. And like, you know, you have a speaking career that you do as well. Um, how did that come about and how can athletes, um, you know, use their life experiences to kind of not only tell their stories, but at the end of the day, make money doing it. Yeah, man, that's a real good question. You know, one thing as athletes that we have a big problem doing is we compare ourselves amongst ourselves. And so like, for example, I'll use Calvin Johnson again. Like a lot of athletes get in trouble because me and Calvin did the same amount of practice, right? We did the same amount of works. We did the same amount of reps. Well, he made $150 million and I was fighting to stay on a team. And so, but so athletes look at that and say, oh, you know what? I'm not enough because I'm not Calvin or my story isn't good enough because I wasn't a pro bowl or hall of fame or whatever. And so, but in the actual general regular population, people would kill to hear your story. Like people kill to hear like how I made it, how I made it to the NFL, how, you know, how I made it after I got done playing having $750,000 stolen from me, right? Like people want to hear that story of how I persevered through that. And that's a whole nother story in itself. And so, um, so but, but, and those things are valuable. And so I, I heard somebody say this one time and it really rang true to me. It said, this guy said, he said, if the number one fear, like the most, rampant fear among human beings is the fear of public speaking then therefore it should be the highest paid profession and when he said that yeah when he said that and that opened up my eyes i was like oh crap he's got a point there and so um so that's when i really started like putting you know a lot more energy into crafting how i speak you know because i already had the story right i mean nfl all that kind of stuff that's the story now it's just putting crafting the story in a way that engages people. So, so that, so that's kind of how I turned all this stuff into from football into a speaking career, which I absolutely love doing. Yeah. You know, I I always say you do a great job of that. And I want to take it back a little bit because uh, you play for the Detroit Lions, obviously in and out uh, on a number of occasions for whatever reason. Um, I feel like your locker room, regardless of the play on the field, off the field, inside the locker room, there's a lot of guys within the Detroit Lions organization over the course of your career or, you know, that are just a little bit different from a mindset standpoint. You yourself, Jeff Locke, Brandon Copeland, Hakeem Vise, uh, Calvin Johnson. Was that like intentional or is that like because you guys were all together at the same time? How did how did that all work out? So, um, <laughs> all right, this is going to be kind of funny. But uh, there's a good reason for that. And there's a perfect reason that. So when you're on a team that hasn't necessarily been the greatest team in <laughs> NFL history, you kind of start thinking of other ways, right, to get yeah. things done off the field. Because on the field just really wasn't working like we really <laughs> And so um, 
but seriously, so we used to always, I mean, guys were just always thinking about, you know, not the next thing, but I would say how to do what they want to do off the field right now. Yeah, and so we always yeah. had that, that thought process because if you focus on the next thing, well, then you start missing out on the focus of what's right now, what's playing That's football. True. And so we we're always thinking about like, how do we use football? How do we use this in order to like bring the next thing right now? And, um, and so that, and, you know, and, and Brandon Copeland, he's a perfect example of that. Like, I mean, him going, you know, being a professor while playing, right? So he wasn't <laughs> thinking about the next thing. He was thinking about how to, you know, bring the next thing right now. And so, um, and so I think that was, that was the difference because seriously, because we didn't have an awesome team and we weren't awesome on the field, like we were really trying to figure out ways, okay, well, things ain't really working on the field. So yeah. let's figure out ways to elevate ourselves off the field. And it actually worked out in our favor. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think it's important. And I forgot to mention, uh, you know, one of my good friends, uh, Devon Kennard, you know, he's, you know, he played in Detroit for a little bit too. And it's just a testament to, you know, you, you are who you surround yourself with. Obviously, unfortunately, it didn't translate onto the field, but at least off the field, you guys were able to push each other, help each other and, you know, learn from each other. And the standpoint of, you know, osmosis and who you are connected with, it, it describe the start of Beyond the Game and, you know, your co-founder in that relationship. Man, so it, it all started realistically after, um, like I said, I was in the financial planning field, uh, field and I, all, all that just absolutely imploded on me. So I had to figure out something else to do, um, seriously, quickly, because I got a family and this, and, and this is after, you know, I was doing some investing, some venture capital investing, and some guy who I've known since I've been like two years old, uh, seriously, family friend and all that was stealing money from me to the tune of over $500,000. So that's a whole nother story. Uh, so this is after all this is happening, okay? But so I don't, I don't want to cut you off real quick, but when it comes to someone uh, stealing money, I, and I appreciate your honesty sharing, what are some things that, in the if you were to go back, what are some things that people should look out for when it comes to someone possibly stealing money from them? Um, I would, the first thing is you, you tell them, you ask them to show you where they've had success and show you their success in the past. Okay. Like show you, like verifiable document of showing you the success they've had in the past. That's number one. Number two is make sure that you have some sort of document that you have that if an investment doesn't check every single box, it's an automatic no. And yeah. what this does is it does a good thing. Cause like as athletes, one of the things, man, we have problems with, we have problems saying no. All right. So like Facts. we've been groomed since a young age. Coach says, Hey, you got to run 10 gas. Yes, sir. Coach says, Hey, you got to run this play. Yes, sir. Coach, like you, you've been saying, yes, sir. Your whole life, your, your teammate says, Hey, we're running this play. You say, okay, good. Got it. Like you think everybody's your teammate. You think yeah. everybody's on your team. Well, everybody ain't on your team. And I had yeah. to learn that. Right. And we, and so, you know, and so since it's so hard for us to say no, it's way better if we can craft a specific document. This is what we teach them beyond the game, like a specific document. And if it doesn't, if the investment doesn't check every single box, you say, hey man, you know, I would love to invest with you, but this document says no for me. Right. And Ooh, there's no, I like that. You know what I mean? So there's no like, yeah, there's not it's not like about because it. I don't like you, it's because it doesn't feel, yeah, I like that a lot. It doesn't check all the boxes. Like, and so if I could have if I could have had that at a earlier, that would have saved me, you know, half a million dollars, right? So uh -huh. um but for real, but because of all of that, you know, all that stolen from me and all the, you know, messed up investments. And look, I this, this stuff didn't happen because I was a dumb dude, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, this stuff didn't happen because like I was just, 
you know, free with my money. Bro, I drove the same car I had from college all the way through the NFL. Hey, I was the dude, man, everybody else, you know, everybody calls me Flu because my last name is Flu Ellen. Mm. Everybody else is wearing Louis Vuitton and Gucci. Man, I'll go to the flea market and get some Louis Vuitton and Flucci, right? Like, <laughs> bro, I was getting the fake stuff. Uh. And who will tell me anyway, man? I was yeah. 300 pounds. What about to, to tell me? So, uh, but anyway, so I mean, so I saved everything I made. And still, like, I had all this stuff happen to me, not because I was a dummy, but because I was trying to do the right thing. I was just doing the right thing the wrong way. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so, uh, so that's what happened. So anyway, after all that, I'm looking for something to do. I'm starting to get into speaking a little bit. Uh, my friend says, hey, man, there's a guy who needs some, uh, he needs a, a sideline reporter for high school football. I was like, shoot, I'll do it. He's like, you pay you like a little bit per game. And I was trying to get into broadcasting anyway. So uh, the guy who was who owned the company, the broadcasting company was a guy named Brian Warner, who's my co-founder now. So we get to talking and we, you know, we do a lot of sideline side and color commentary. And um, he asked me, he says, man, what else do you want to do? I mean, you're really good at this, but I see something more in you. And, um, and I said, man, I really had this vision to link athletes and business executives because like all the pain that I went through, man, it could have been avoided if I had had really savvy business executives around me to teach me things. And he said, oh, I really like that idea. Let's do it. Well, little did I know that this dude has worked all over the world in finance. Little yeah. did I know that he's been senior executives at you know Wells Fargo and Bank of America. I had no clue. Um, and so me and him really started Beyond the Game, which was a group to link athletes and business executives. He wanted to do some investing, some venture capital investing. So what we do is we get the influence of athletes to get us awesome investments, investments and then we get the checks right for that or the equity or the income from the business executive side and they put in the capital to invest in companies and so uh so it really works out really smoothly and um so yeah man so that's really how all all this started was going through a whole lot of pain but it's just like getting cut those times man like it just it just happens you yeah. know uh, it just happens you from, build on them. from pain to purpose or pain, pain yeah. to promise i think it's amazing and i want to point out because it's important you know as athletes we're the people, usually the stars of the show, but you know, you came into a situation, you didn't have to take the opportunity, but you right. did. You took it with open arms and you, you know, you presented yourself in a respectable manner where the where Brian saw something in you, and then you guys were able to form a uh, a very formidable partnership. So you never know who's watching. Obviously, like 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 in sports, um, like in business, like in life, it all translates how you represent yourself, how you respect others. Um, it could lead to some of your your, your best opportunities. Um, something, so let's, let's dive into beyond the game. You know, you talked about different investments you make. Is there like a certain structure or a certain sector that you guys focus on? Yeah. So we, uh, focus more on like sports, media, technology, con consumer goods, things like that. Things to where our athletes can have a direct influence on the company. All right. Mm -hmm. So the way it's really structured and here's the cool part about it is see, like we don't really allow our athletes to invest invest in the companies okay so we're an investment group but yeah. our athletes don't invest because we try to figure out ways where they can use their influence to get equity instead of the income they get equity because we always say man influence is greater than income any day of the week he's got to know how to use it yeah so we use our athletes to get us into these investments right and we get the business executives again to use the checks well athletes get equity for influence we'll let the business leaders write their checks to get equity and then the, the companies, well, they get both. They get influence and they yeah. get income, which they need. So that really helps them grow quickly. 
And so in the early stages, man, I mean, startup companies, they need that influence and athletes are here to help that. So that's kind of yeah. really how we structured it. That's kind of been really special. Hey, what's up? I'm Amobi Kugo, AKA a frugal athlete. So check this out. We came out with an all new extensive brand new course. Our course, Rookie Mistakes, is a course that helps young athletes and individuals avoid the common mistakes when starting your career. I provide real-life examples, lessons, insights, all that and more to teach you how to identify the rookie mistakes before you make them. And trust me, I've made a lot. It's all about giving yourself the best foundation and head start to build financial and career stability. For more information or to get the course, check out the link in bio. No, that's amazing. And I think it's important for athletes to understand that there's so many ways to provide value for some of these startup companies and businesses that you don't have to, you know, put these big checks in. And, um, you know, Beyond the Game Network is is a platform that just that does just that. Um, I, I'm not sure how much you could talk on some of the companies that you guys have invested in. Hold on one second. Hold on, hold on, hold on real quick. All right, what's good? My bad. Okay, sorry about that. No, no, you're good, man. That's what we got the editors for, you know. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so you talked about uh, so the, some of the companies we invested in. So yeah, yeah so we've invested in um, in twelve companies so far. Um, most of you know, which we're really proud of. Of the twelve, nine of them have had either minority or female on their founding member team. So we're really, really proud of it. We're really because that's that's one of our goals too. Is like we really want to make an impact, you know, with our checks too. Um, so yeah, so we invested in a company called Eight Sleep, which is a really cool company where they make these smart mattresses. And I don't know if you've seen those, but they're smart mattresses and they measure heart rate, you know, heart rhythm, what? Uh, toss and turn, all this, all these things. And they heat and cool on each side. So I like my side freezing cold. My wife likes her side super hot. Okay. Uh, so you can change, you can regulate the temperature on both sides, you know, and they, they call it sleep fitness, basically where you want to track your fitness. It tells you, Hey. You were tossed, you tossed, you had 14 toss and turns last night. You need to find a better sleeping position. Like I might need to tap in with you on this. This is yeah, that, man. That's so game changer. Oh my God. So it's super cool. And so our goal as beyond the game is, you know, we want to get them, we want to get them introduced to, you know, University of Alabama, right? Who mm -hmm. use technology like that, or you know, or Clemson, who are really technology-driven schools. Well, they would really want that information, uh, for, you know, to see if their athletes are sleeping right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's eight sleeps. One of them. Another one is Artie. Another one is uh, baby. Hold on, my bad. No, no worries. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so Artie was one. What's, an, what's another real good one? There was a, one one company called Sock Fancy, which was really cool. So they made these corporate custom socks. And uh, they were doing okay. And then when the pandemic hit, they started saying, well, we'll make corporate custom masks. And they absolutely, I mean- when I remember they, hearing I said, that story. Golly, they killed it. I mean, a couple million in a couple months, man. They they rocked wow. it out. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what, that's four of them. What's another one? Another one called Physimax, which just got, they just got acquired. Um, and they, they did this cool, it was kind of a, it was an app to where I could take a picture of your video of you doing a jump squat, doing a single leg squat and all these types of things. And then uh, it would send it off to the cloud and it'll, it'll tell you exactly what like your limitations are. It'll tell you what exercises you need to do to fix like, you know, your left quad is less dominant. You need to do these exercises. So that was really cool. Um, so yeah, so we've had, a, we've had a bunch of really awesome companies that we've invested in. Uh, we've had one exit so far. 
Um, and then so we're waiting on the other ones to exit so we can uh, continue to roll over some of these investments, you know? No, that's exciting. Um, and obviously, I, I've been fortunate enough to join the Beyond the Game Network. And it's uh, what I love about you guys is that you guys provide not only information and education, but, you know, the connections as well. So, for example, um, being able to connect with you guys at the Super Bowl and, you know, do all the things behind the scenes that that was really amazing. In terms of uh, new trends, I know you're a forward thinker. Um, you know, I've been on Clubhouse quite a bit. Um, I remember you did an e-commerce challenge. Um, what are some things that you're excited about, you know, in this year and beyond? Uh, yeah, man, I, I think uh, the continuation of um, esports, even though it's kind of got, I think it's gotten a little overshadowed by, uh, you know, the NFTs has been exploding. One of the companies we invested in was Fan Control Football League. Uh, yeah. which I would, I mean, and the games were hosted in Atlanta. And for people who don't know, fan control football is literally maddened with real human people. Yeah. And so uh, the fans call the plays and the the coach runs those plays. So it's really, it's really cool. So, and that's, to me, that's esports, right? And that's yeah. combining traditional sports with esports. But I think esports realistically, uh, you know, due to the pandemic and due to people not being able to, you know, play, play traditional sports like they used to, I think esports is really still going to continue on its rise, and then obviously uh, the NFT world. Um, I think there's really something here. Uh, I really do, and I think in, not in terms of just you know the one-off um, you know cards or something mm -hmm. like that that guys are coming out, but when we talk about like as an athlete now, I am not limited by you know tops or Don Russ or anything yeah, like or that. Panini or whatever. Hard. Oh my goodness, man. And then also like I can find my own artist to do my own work that I want to do to make it look like how how I want to look. Like yeah. I think it's really for an athlete, that is a game changer. And uh if I could go back in time, right? If I could be an athlete anytime, I would capitalize on this one right here. If I had okay. anything to choose, I would capitalize on the NFT world. So give us give us a rundown because a lot of people have been asking me like what's the NFT? Are you getting into it? I'm still learning. I'm like anytime someone's talking on Clubhouse or any article I see, I'm I'm reading it just because I feel like this could be a true game changer and not just like you said, not just from the car standpoint, but the utility offerings outside of it and different things like that. So give us a rundown and then from the standpoint of saying if you could go back in time, like you'd be don't want to say all in because you know it's good to be diversified, but you would have a heavy heavily heavy focus on NFTs. What yeah. would that look like? Yeah. So I think, um, so, you know, for people who don't know, basically I, I look at it like this, the NFTs that we're talking about are, hold on, sorry. All right. So for people who don't know, the NFTs that we're talking about are non-fungible tokens. That's what they're called. And so they are literally digital art that's been minted through the blockchain, which is very, very key because now we have um, you know, something that can be verified that there is only a certain amount or only one of these things in existence and everything else is forged, all right? And that's, that's really important to know, especially online because anything can probably be, can, can really be forged, yeah. all right? <laughs> and so what this does for me though, I've, I've been wary of the cryptocurrency market. I've never really been, all, been really into it. And I'm sure you look, I mean, obviously Bitcoin has, has torn it up in a, a lot of the other coins. I still have not really been all that into it from an investment standpoint because it's not tied to anything concrete. All right. Okay. And I know the US dollar isn't either. All right? we, I get that. <laughs> but it is tied to the American government. Okay. Like, 
And so my thought process was, is the U.S. government really going to allow another currency to overrule its currency? I have a hard time believing that. That's true. You're right. And until I believe that, like, I'm not an investor per se in terms of like, I'll put a lot into it. Okay, that's just my my standpoint. But what NFTs have done for me, it's actually given something tangible to the crypto market because you have to buy these NFTs on Ethereum. Okay, so, you know, so it's not like and that's why and that's the reason NBA Top Shot for people who, who know what that is. That's why they've torn it up because it's not the easiest thing to do to buy it with Ethereum because you got to get a wallet, you got to tra- you know transfer USD into Coinbase and blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, you, NBA Top Shot did all that for you on the back end, so you can use your credit card to buy something. So I think as NFTs get more mainstream, as in I can use my credit card to buy stuff, just like NBA Top Shot, then I really think it's going to be even more mainstream, and there's going to be more buyers in the market. More buyers in the market means more money in the market. More money in the market means more opportunities for you as an athlete. So that's kind of the rundown of NFTs uh, that we're talking about, non-fungible tokens. And it's a way to get athletes digital minted art that has been verified by the blockchain. That's, again, why you have to buy it with Ethereum. Yeah. And also, it just gives so many people more opportunities to buy stuff they might want from you. Right. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's it. And so if I could go back in time or if I could make time now when I was playing, um, I would say I would, my, my goal nowadays, I'm not really trying to chase, like, I don't believe in chasing money. Okay. I I really don't. I believe in trying to either be the market maker or the market mover. Those are two things. Let's break that down. Market, right. Yeah market maker or the market mover or i want to follow the market makers or market movers okay. okay those are the two people i either want to be or i want to follow and so when i say that just like you're doing instead of me trying to invest my hard-earned capital into things i want to start investing my time and influence into things yeah. and then once i do that i can start being the maker or the mover and then i have control like yeah. I never want to be at the mercy of a price swing up or a price swing down. That's true. I, I never want to be at that mercy, but I do want to be the person who can influence that on the back end, market maker or market mover. That's okay. that, that would have that would have been my thought process if I could go back and I was still playing. I would figure out ways to be that. Okay, so let's break that down because I, I love that. I've been writing notes throughout the whole session. Yeah. Uh, this is a masterclass for some folks. <laughs> uh, uh, market maker. So from the standpoint of NFTs or like athlete entrepreneurs in the space now, what does that look like versus so, market right, mover? So cool. So market maker. All right. So if you think of somebody like, uh, to be quite honest, uh, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gronk and Patrick Mahomes. What they did, they really made the market for athlete NFTs. They were the first two major ones. So they made yeah. the market, set the market. Okay. Everything, everybody else tried to catch up to what they did. That's true. Right? So that's the market maker, right? Or the market mover, right? Is like Elon Musk. He can tweet, coin goes up, right? <laughs> tweet, coin goes down. He's the market mover, okay? Mm-hmm. And so there are ways to be both. But my thing is the way to be both is follow the ones who are already there and just copy and paste. <laughs> like, yeah. like seriously, just figure out what, what they're doing, follow them, copy and paste, right? And so that's like, that would be my goal is to like, again, market maker, Patrick Mahomes, Grump. Nobody, nobody else has done an NFT like them in terms yeah. of athletes, in terms of bringing in income. All right, so they made the market. So market mover, 
Elon Musk, the ability to, you know, I hate to use the word manipulate, but honestly, that's what he's doing. Yeah. The ability to manipulate or move an entire market into your favor. It's really just having control. Yeah, and that's it's like, all about leverage. Yeah, there you go. And that's the main thing that you want. You want to be at the position. You don't want to just use your money, man. Like, I know people get so focused on making money. Dude, it's about control and leverage. And if yeah. you can master those two things, you will never, you won't even, like, you won't even have a money issue ever if you can learn those two things. That's true. And I think that's at the end of the day when it comes to, you know, uh, athletes and money and personal finance, money management, it's, it's the ability to control your time, the ability to leverage your position, the ability to do things, um, and whether that's money for you or, you know, your ability to influence, as you say, that's a big component of where athletes um, can take advantage of. Um, that's a big component. Um, so for you, uh, if we talk about the psychology of money, can we talk about um, your standpoint from an athlete perspective around the psychology of money? Oh, man. All right. So I, lo I love talking about this. Um, so the psychology of money to me is money is nothing more. Oh, hold on. Sorry. But. No, you're good. Okay, so we talk about the psychology of money. All right, I love talking about this because money to me does not mean dollar cents. It does not mean numbers in a bank account. Money to me is the gathering power of idea, thought, and creation. Okay, mm. gathering power of idea, thought, and creation. It this correlates so perfectly. The less idea you have to give into something. The less, the less thought you have to put into it and the less creation that you have to do with it, the least amount of money you'll make. It's simple. Like if you are, you know, and nothing against people who are working at fast food or bagging groceries, no problem with that. But it doesn't take much thought, idea, or creation to do those things. So uh -huh. therefore, you're not the highest paid. Yeah. People who are the highest paid put intense ideas with intense thought, with intense creation. And it is the gathering power of those three things. That was, that's what money to me is. Okay, so from the athlete standpoint, um, obviously uh, we play sports and get compensated for the most part fairly well. Um, do you think we're thinking about money wrong then? I think, we're, I, I think we, we focus on it too much. I really do. I feel mm -hmm. like that athletes in general compare their checks among each other. All right. And I, I, I've been guilty of it, too. We That's all true. Yeah. And to me, life is life is so much about finding who I really am. All right. And when I find out who I really am and I'm able to capitalize on who I really am, then money is unlimited. I really believe that. And the reason why I say that, because I've actually I've done thousands of times more. With way less. Again, I had a half a million stolen from me. I was cut 10 times. So I didn't make a whole lot. I mean, I had I had a job where I was supposed to get paid for three years and did not get paid. Like I had to clear my name from a bunch of stuff. So I mean, I went down, like down, down, down. All right. Yeah. And I've done so much more with so much less than I ever did when I was playing in the NFL. It's not even like it don't even it don't even compare. Yeah. And so when I got to that point, I started realizing, you know what, man, I used to think that money made me who I was. It's just the same thing as athletes. I used to think that I wore number 96. I used to think that number 96 made Andre Fluella. But <laughs> in reality, man, Andre Fluella made number 96. That's facts. You know what I mean? Without flu, there was no 96, right? And yeah. so 
at the same thing, man, we feel like money makes us. No, man, we make money. We give money something to do. Money does not give us something to do. No. Right. And so, like, so when I think about it like that, I was, I, st- I get guys to start focusing on like, yo, like, what are you here for? What's your purpose? Like, what's your, what's your calling? Like, what are you, what are you gifted at? And once you find that, you'll start putting a whole bunch of thought into that. You'll start creating a whole bunch of ideas, and you'll start naturally creating some awesome things once you find that. Oh, Remember, yeah. that money is the cool. gathering power of thought, idea, and creation. That's why everybody who's ever done anything great, man, I man, I've interviewed so many founders. I've listened to so many pitches. Yeah. The ones have done something special. They all said the same thing. All they did was solve their own problem. Yeah. They had something that they couldn't figure out. Right. They couldn't find somebody who could figure it out. So they figured it out for themselves and it became a business. Every single one of them that's done something special for Mark Zuckerberg wanted to connect with people, couldn't find a way to connect with people. Guess what? Started Facebook. Yeah. They just solved their own problem. And if you solve your own problem, guess what? You'll never be out of business because you got one customer at least. Just yeah. You. <laughs> right. No, so. you bring up a great point. You know, I think of it it's like when you see like just random ideas like the laundry cap where you, the cap is now like a, a cup measuring thing and you pour, the person who invented that is multimillionaire. You wouldn't think of the paper bag groceries and like all these things, they, like you said, gathering a thought, idea, creation and solving a problem. Um, so to that standpoint, I think it's it's amazing what you said. It's like, we're almost thinking too much into like, and it's almost gonna lead to our downfall when it comes to, you know, maybe money and finances and different things like that. Um, I want to touch on one quote that you said um, from a money management question for athletes. Are you doing this to be seen? Or are you doing it to see? Can you expound on that, please? <laughs> so that is, if I have something that I live by, that is the thing I live by, okay? Whatever I do, I ask myself, am I doing this to be seen or am I doing it to see it? And too often, man, with athletes, we get so focused on like, you know, and this is everybody, this isn't just athletes, this is everybody, right? We get so focused on like having the nicest car so we can be seen, right? We get focused on having the biggest house so we can be seen, right? And look, I say that if you do things to be seen, you'll never have enough, never, yeah. right? Because there's always gonna be a next year model, right? There's always gonna be a bigger house somewhere, right? There's always gonna be somebody who has something. Then you gotta fill that mobile furniture. Like <laughs> That's a whole nother yeah. thing, but like- and Pay maintenance like, and all that. <laughs> Yeah, man, there's just never, you can never be fulfilled. But if you're doing something to be seen, like I tell people, look, if you're doing, I mean, it, sorry, if you're doing it to see it, like I tell, go, I'll say, go for it. I'll tell people to go for it. But you just got to be honest with yourself. Like, uh-huh. look, man, if somebody wants a Lambo to be seen by others as being the man, well, you got a problem. If somebody says, look, man, I've always loved Lambo since I was a little kid. I could care less what anybody else thinks about me. I just want one for myself. I want to drive one. I want to take care of it. I want a yellow one. I want red interior, whatever. Like I could say, you know what? Go for it. Right. Just be smart about it. But like, yeah. but go for it because it's not about the external. It's about something you truly, truly desire. And too many people, I'm telling you, get so caught up in just trying to look like, right? Like if you if you got to show that you have power, well, you don't know that you have power. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you got to show it, you don't know it, man. Yeah. I tell you, because the ones who got real power, you will never know. Just by walking, you will never know they had it. Uh, got it, right? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So, like, man, I always think of it's like those people that you know walk into the restaurant. You like who that? They just walk straight to the back. Like, yeah, you never know who you might run into. So, um, no, I appreciate you sharing. So. In terms of what's next for you, I know you got 
you know, your, your family business, you got, you know, some personal projects you know, beyond the game, NFTs. Well, what's next for you? How can people connect with you? I appreciate you taking the time to share, you know, all your knowledge. Yeah, man. So I think what's next for Flu, um, realistically, man, my, my goal is just to show people, everybody, um, how much power they have to be successful. Like that, that's really my goal. Like I really want to show the world uh, one person at a time that like there are so many limitations that we put on ourselves that are just stopping us from being all that we can be. Like, you know, one of the things, and I tell people this all the time, and I get a, I get a lot of negative feedback from saying this, but for myself, I don't believe in that I'm less privileged than anybody else because of what I look like. I tell people that all the time. And people get upset with me when I say that. I say, no, you gotta understand. Like, if I, if I have this mindset that I'm less privileged, if I just take the mindset, then therefore I'm already, I'm already beat. Yeah. Can't, ex I can't accept that. Right. And so I tell people that may be true in the world, but it is not true in flu's world. Okay. Like I say all the time. Yeah. And so like, and so like, I look at myself, man, I'm like, yo, like I'm flu. And I want you to know you're a Moby and you're Jane and you're whoever, like you cannot let society put any type of limitations on you. And that's like my passion, especially for minorities is I know what I know what's going on out there. And I know that, you know, things have been against minorities. I understand that, but you can't own it. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't use it. You can't use it as an excuse or as a crutch to not make it because at the end of the day, even if it's true, like even, even if that's out there and you use it as, as, an, as a crutch and not make it like, you still got to make it. Yeah. Right. Still so you, might as well, you still got to play. So you might as well think of yourself as the best. You might as well think of yourself as unlimited. You might as well think of yourself as having, as being as being the privileged one, no matter what yeah. you look like, right? Because you're you. And that's like, honestly, man, that's, is, I would say I get, I get passionate about that. And now that's my next thing, man, is as I continue speaking, like to continue talking about that is just like you as an individual, you are the privilege. Like, and you got to get that. No, I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's really important. Like your mindset around certain situations, um, can help you, you know, win the battle before it's even started. Or if, if it's if it's not right, you can lose the battle before it even started. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. For any athlete that's looking, you know, to get into the entrepreneurship space, to have a smoother transition than most, um, any books that you recommend, any resources, any like um, like phrases or quotes that you leave, you know, leave the audience with. Yeah, man. So my fair, I'll, I'll give you my top three books. Uh, okay. Number one, believe it or not, uh, my best business finance book, uh, mindset book, psychological book, realistically, man, is the Bible, dude. I'll be uh -huh. honest with you. The scriptures, man, in terms of, I look at it as a book of psychology more than a book of theology. I really, really do. Um, so that's, that'll be my number one. Number two, uh, obviously, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Napoleon uh -huh. Hill. That's an all-time classic. Uh, number three, there's another book. Oh, yeah, what's the name? Oh, my favorite book or top three books is probably The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. That's a good um, one. The Alchemist, man, it just teaches you so many things about life. Even though it's a fiction book, uh, I've heard it said plenty of times that you find facts in nonfiction, but you find truth in fiction. And uh, Ooh, coming yeah, with and the bars today, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So there's some truth, man. There's some truth in that book. Uh, so I would say that. And then just uh, for any athlete, I'll be honest with you, like, it's going to sound so bad. Don't be scared going broke trying to follow your dream. 
Like they put that staple man that, you know, 70% of NFL players go broke within five years mm. after their plan. And they try to make it seem like if you're one of those 70 percenters that you have utterly failed at life. Yeah. So I'll be quite honest with you. Everybody who's made it, like any, any entrepreneur realistically has made it. I would say 70% of them have gone through either bankruptcy, brokenness and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to know 70 percenters, come on, let's get moving. Yeah. Seriously. Like, don't worry about that. Like, there's so many people who've, who've lost it all and who've made million, 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 millions more and are thankful that they did lose it. So, man, if you want those 70%ers and you're trying to do the right thing and you're going into business and you're fighting and you're clawing and you're scratching and you're pawing, it's all good. Come on, let's let's keep going, right? Yeah. So that would be my thing. You know, I don't, I don't try to keep people from uh, negative situations so much. I just try to keep teach them how to use the negatives as a positive. Because that's what it's all about. You know, man, that's what it's all about. So that's what I'll tell any athlete. Perfect. So uh, for anyone that's like looking to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, hit me up on uh, on Instagram usually or Twitter. Uh, you can just type in my name, Andre Fluellen, or my IG handle is flu.com. Uh, always hit me up on there. Um, you can put my email in here, man. It's just, uh, you can find it on the, the, the Beyond the Game Network website. So that's uh, thebtgnetwork.com. Um, yeah, but usually on, on the social channels, I always hit people back, hit me up. Yeah. And uh, man, I'm always willing to talk about business, talk about life, because realistically, man, I'm just here sharing my own story. Now, that's what it's all about. So for the audience that, you know, enjoyed this episode, I certainly did. I have a whole list of show notes and notes that I'm going to apply to my own situation. Uh, we're going to have this on our podcast and YouTube channels, as always. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, make sure you guys connect with Andre, uh, one of the one of the good guys in the game um, that's doing it the right way. So uh, much respect to you and all your endeavors, and I'm sure we'll be keeping in touch soon. Um, and if you listen to this, please, uh, you know, rate and review the podcast. Uh, it helps us get discovered, helps support the show, all of that. So uh, once again, thank you so much, Andre. Andre, and hello, how you doing? I was going to try to interview your daughter, but she didn't want to get on the phone. <laughs> and my kids. <laughs> yeah. Lyric, she's on here. Say hi, Lyric. Hi. Okay, now get out How's of here. How's everything going? <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.